This past week, a priest in the Diocese of Kansas City, Missouri, informed his parishioners via email that because of the sermon he gave on Sunday, the 10th of January, he was, quote, blocked from offering Holy Mass at St. Gabriel's until further notice. He went on to say that he did not believe he'd be at the parish much longer. In the email, which you can see right here, he's asking for prayers from his parishioners for fortitude and to bear his cross faithfully. So what was so controversial about Father Samuel's sermon? We'll get to that in a minute. In fact, we've got the full audio and are going to play it for you. Suffice it to say, now, he opposed the COVID vaccine in pretty strong terms, gave a standard defense of life, and then made some pro-Trump statements. I think for most of you, when you hear the sermon, it will hardly raise an eyebrow. That didn't stop him from immediately being sacked, however. Almost within hours of Holy Mass on Sunday, someone, somewhere, came down hard on him, and fast. And while we don't know for certain it was the Vicar General of the Diocese, Father Ken Riley, who is pictured here, we've been informed that pretty much anything that happens in the Diocese of Kansas City, with a left-wing or modernist bent, is his doing. Remember this past summer, this is the diocese in which the so-called Ecumenical Interreligious Committee, gone wild, was encouraging the faithful to take advantage of the lockdown and virtually attend heretical and pagan worship services in mosques, synagogues, and Protestant churches. After RTF confronted the diocese, they immediately retracted, and Father Riley blamed the whole thing on publishing the wrong newsletter. Sure, I'm sure that's what it was. Because we all have heretical newsletters just floating around, <laughs> we may accidentally publish the wrong one, right? You'd think that these people would learn their lessons, but liberals are unrelenting in their commitment to changing the church from within. And that's why even today, if you were to browse the diocese's so-called ecumenical interreligious Facebook page, don't, by the way, you'd be treated to this little gem, a full-hour interview with the author of a book entitled The Humanity of the Prophet Muhammad. Which religion are these people even promoting? And with whose donations? Speaking of donations, next week RTF is going to produce a video about tithing, which is a precept of the church. And obviously, since no practicing Catholic who lives in Kansas City can in good conscience tithe to this disaster, I'll be presenting some opportunities to fulfill your positive precept of the church while also discharging the duties of your conscience. But back to Father Samuel. The good news is, once RTF learned of his suspension and reached out to the diocese via email and Twitter, including the Vicar General, Father Ken Riley, directly, we received a second email announcement that Father Samuel would be back in the saddle. Now, I'm not saying that RTF got him his job back by any stretch, but that is how the events turned out. Here's the email from Father Samuel with his joyful announcement. For what it's worth, Father Riley never replied to RTF, and he probably never will. So you see, liberals never engage you directly. They always prefer to operate in the shadows. We should note here that we believe that Bishop James V. Johnson of Kansas City to be a fairly orthodox priest, and not someone who is interested in driving a liberal agenda by any means. We even did a congratulatory video about His Excellency not long ago when the AP ran a hit piece on him for his pro-life stance. Bishop Johnston, to his credit, didn't buckle during this saga, and for that he has our continued admiration. It truly is a shame that this seemingly good bishop is surrounded by the very same alt-left crowd that engineered the takedown of his predecessor, Bishop Finn, who was known throughout the traditional Orthodox landscape for being truly one of the good guys. 
But all right, enough with ecclesiastical politics. Let's get to the sermon that sacked a priest, at least for a few days. Here it is. In your charity, allow me to speak frankly and truthfully to you as one Catholic should speak to another. I have a few thoughts to share and allow me to speak to you, my brothers and sisters. Our rights, our rights are guaranteed to us by the supreme law of the land, as well as by the divine law. Our Declaration of Independence and Constitution, upon which our nation was founded, calls these rights inalienable, meaning that they should never be taken away from us, because no government has the authority to take away your rights because they are given to you by God and not by any men. That our founding law guarantees this is called the American Experiment of 1776, one of the most significant events in the history of mankind. These last 10 months, we have seen many of the people's rights abridged and even taken away. Our right to free assembly, our right to gather in worship of God, and even the people's right to freedom of speech, and gravest of all the rights, the right of babies to live instead of being murdered in the womb. Here in the United States, over 3,000 unborn children are killed a day on average. That's over one million deaths a year. And now, we are all being pressured into receiving a so-called vaccine that has as an ingredient the remains of an aborted baby. And I don't care, speaking only for myself, I don't care what anyone says, any man, be he priest, be he prince, I will not be taking this under any circumstances. My conscience, my conscience, judges it to be cannibalism and abomination. Consequently, I believe we are living through a test run for the prophesied mark of the beast that will someday be forced upon mankind by the prince that is to come, the Antichrist, the man of sin, who is called the beast. It is written, And he causeth all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark. These unrelenting grave assaults on our liberties are a fragrant violation of the rights of man given to them by their Creator, and guaranteed by the supreme law of the land. This is an atrocity to free peoples. Satan, the, the enemy, is triumphing against mankind because too many men do nothing to resist evil. To keep our rights, we must become a moral and religious people.
A people that are neither moral nor religious will not remain free for long. A people having first enslaved themselves to sin will soon and inevitably be shackled by visible chains of slavery to a tyrannical and perverse Leviathan state. Sin is the cause of all of our sufferings. We must repent and believe in the gospel or our souls will be forever lost to hell. These have always been the stakes. In your patience and kindness, allow me to share one more thought with you, my brothers and sisters. And I don't expect you all to agree with me. I know you don't. And I'm totally at peace with that. I am your friend anyways. Because God is our Father, and you and I are brothers and sisters. In my opinion, aside from the saints themselves, President Trump is the image of the sacrificial lamb in our world today. He didn't deserve any of this. We never deserved him. But God inspired that man to lay down his life for the people, and in return he received only a boot in the face every single day. This is, in my opinion, a kind of martyrdom. I have seen this man's sacrificial love for his neighbor and his enemies. President Trump alone against the whole world, except for the nearly 100 million Americans who support him as well as untold millions more people around the globe who love him and pray for him. And everyone who supported him had a share in the public crucifixion that was directed at him, whose actions were never hateful toward anyone. His bark has always been worse than his bite. He wants to be loved because he loves people, but he really does love himself too. People of that nature, I will argue, are the best, most generous, most charismatic personalities found among men, and they are very rare individuals indeed. You would be blessed to know a person like that. President Trump is a Catholic not by the confession of his lips, I would argue, but by how he laid down his life for others. God will reward him a hundredfold. And I pray God will grant him eternal life. God desires all of us to make it to heaven after our short journey here is over. And to keep the commandment of love thy neighbor, you must pray for the salvation of all souls. Please allow me to say one last thing. And thank you for your forbearance with me, your unworthy shepherd. The only way forward for us as a nation is to obey the command of Christ, who so frequently reminded his apostles, forgive one another. Maybe the apostles fought with one another a lot. Americans certainly do. Jesus also tells us, Love one another.
Mercy is one of the greatest, most powerful forms of love. By his own merciful love for us, Christ poured out his blood on the cross and so brought an end to Satan's stranglehold on mankind. Only by loving and forgiving one another will we ever be able to avail ourselves of the saving blood of Christ and then have peace in our hearts and so in our country. Finally, always speak the truth and never let fear silence you. Such fear is of the devil. The devil is a liar and he makes all the ungodly into liars like himself. Do not be afraid of the world. I have conquered the world, says the Lord. I'll end with a poem that I wish every father would read to his child. If, by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired of waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet, don't look too good or talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you. If all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Thank you for your great charity in allowing me to speak with you, my friends. I do love you all. May God bless you, God, Father, God the Son.
Thank you.